Amen. Thank you, Pastor. If you have your Bible, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 15 will be our text. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 15. The Bible says, The simple believeth every word. The simple would be those that's never put their faith in the Lord, still operating in the natural sense. So the wisdom insight's not really available to them because they're absent of the Spirit of God. Uh, when you and I got saved, man, I tell you, he, um, he's there to aid us, amen, to help us. And then he says there in that same verse, it says the prudent man. That would be the saved man. He renews his mind. He's walking with the Lord. He's getting good counsel, as we mentioned this morning. So you've got the simple and the prudent. The simple is naive. I mean, it's right before his eyes, but he don't have spiritual eyes. It's all around him, but he just like, you know, he's just, his mind can't think spiritual. But a prudent man has been quickened. A prudent man has the author of the book in his heart. A prudent man can be taught the word of God. And so um, they are going two different ways. The prudent man gives thought to his steps. Matter of fact, he'll even allow the word of God to order his steps. Uh, He don't think about going too far without checking with the master. Amen. So uh, here we are in this journey. How long has it been since you've checked in with the master? To make sure you're heading the right way. God forbid that you've lost your prudence. And you fall into this category of being seducible. Uh, listen, the devil can dazzle you. He's going to dazzle you into an affair. Happens every day. He can dazzle you into coveting things that's not worthy to be coveted. He's trying his best to get you to the place where um, you lose your convictions. The only way you can strengthen your convictions is you've got to continually keep them around your eyes and in your heart. If he can pull you away from that, then listen, guys, uh, you'll lose your convictions. So he says there, the simple believeth every word, but the prudent man looketh well to his going. Before I sign this, I'm going to make sure it lines up to the Word of God. Uh, Before I go on the first date, I'm going to make sure that I'm lined up with the Word of God. See, a prudent man gives thought to his steps. He don't want to get too deep into this thing because, see, we can get sucked in. Emotions are real. Listen, you get tied up emotionally and forget to check your steps and make sure this thing's right before we ever let our emotions go and get tied in a knot? You ever talk to somebody that says, I want, I want to get out of it, but I'm too deep? What happened? Well, they were seducible. They were led astray. And it's all through the Bible. Samson was one of them. I've been one of them. I mean, if you're not careful, you can be led astray. So that's my thought for tonight is... You know, where are you going? Are you taking God's viewpoint on each step you take? Or could it be that you have kind of fallen 
to this mentality that uh, it'll all work out some way, somehow. Well, that's, uh, listen, we can be better than that because um, our decisions will chart our course. And if we get good counsel, God will help, help steer the ship. Now, you know, uh, man, there's folks that are trained to climb that big old ladder when they come into a port with all the different poles of the water and, and rocks that are hidden. I mean, not every man can do it, but a man that's been trained can. God wants to train you to navigate through the troubled waters that you're going to face in your life. And if you think that you can steer the ship without his help, <laughs> you could be found underwater. So let me give you some verses. What is our purpose? Well, our purpose is, number one, love God. You can't love God walking away from him. You're going to have to love God walking towards him. Then when you walk towards him and you fall in love with him, you're going to find out that his love will have you to love others. God takes it serious that you and I are united as brothers and sisters in the Lord. And that as he laid his life down, we're to lay our life down for the brethren. And the only thing that would keep us from that is if we get to the place where we're no longer prudent and we get to the place where we're simple men and women, where we're seducible and it's all about us and we don't care about you, you get in my way and I'll step on you. That's not Christ's attitude. You'll find that even with Judas, even as as ugly as Judas was, and no one else saw it, but the Lord saw it, he loved him all the way to the end. He said, Judas, are you sure you want to go through with this? You know the truth. You better embrace it. But we know the story. In this, the simple are feeble-minded. You know who the lion looks for in the, in the herd? He looks for the feeble. He looks for those that's seducible. He looks for those that are just naive. I mean, he's there, and if you know anything about a lion, he ain't there to play with a ball and um, kissy-kissy. He's there to do business. If you lose your respect for the devil, you'll find out just what I mean. So what I'm saying is the simple are feeble-minded. They have no personal. No purpose. They have no guidelines, no principles. If it looks good, I'm heading that direction. Well, listen, there's a lot of things that look good that you should not go that way. All right, y'all get my point? The idea is we got we to gotta keep check where we're going because if you're not careful, you'll get naive. You'll get to the place where you'll lose your convictions. Next thing you know, you'll be pulled away. And listen, uh, we're all capable of this. We got to stay sensitive to those things that God's sensitive about. If he gets you away from the book, away from the local church, away from good people, next thing you know, you'll start believing some lies. Uh, we see it about every place we go. Folks at one time had convictions. At one time they stood, but slowly there's a leak that developed. I didn't see it. Only thing I saw was that they wasn't there. But you talk to those that have been around, they'll say, no, it's been going on for a while. Don't happen overnight. It just kind of, you back off, you get busy, 
Next thing you know, the book's not that important. It's way down the list. You start going places that you never thought you'd go. See, you always make time for the things that you want to do. When the devil gets your want to, you're heading the wrong direction. So he tells you and I that a simple man is feeble. He's, he's living without the purpose. He has no spiritual understanding. And he cannot see Mike far off. See, the Bible allows you, to, you and I to focus in and then it allows us to see the consequences or wisdom basically is telling us what can happen and insight is telling you how to keep from it happening. And God says, if you'll spend time with me, I'll let you know through history, through your own life, through the lives of others, don't play with fire very long, you're gonna get. All right? So here's what he says. In Proverbs 7, 7, And beheld among the simple ones, I discerned among the youths, a young man void of understanding. If you'll study it a little bit, you'll find there's no order. God is a God of order. We don't wake up and just say, well, bring it on. No, God says take the right step. Because a lot of times we open the door to what the thought is, bring it on. Well, how'd that happen? Well, you're in the wrong place, pal. Well, how did that happen? Well, you started listening to the wrong music. Layers upon layers, the devil begins to pull you away. Before you know it, you lose your prudence and you kind of sit back and you get simple in your thinking. You don't see the danger of sin. You don't see far off anymore. You've got you all wrapped up in your little toys and all your little things and you're not seeing beyond what counts for tomorrow? And when tomorrow comes, you're not prepared. Neither are you equipped. You got, you got caught feeble. You know what happens when you get feeble spiritually? You're easy to take out. Bible says be strong in the Lord. Bible says that when you and I live in obedience, he gives you and I a special protection. Obedience itself builds a fence around you. But unbelief allows the enemy in. So in this, he's telling you and I in Proverbs 22, verse 3, he says, a prudent man foreseeth evil. See, here's what happens. If you get to the place where you're not growing in the Lord and you're not maturing spiritually, then you lose your spiritual eyesight. And before you know it, sins around you and you're petting it and you don't even have fear for it anymore. You're embracing things that you ought to be turning from. You are welcoming things that you ought to shun. You think, what's the big deal? You're losing your, you know, your prudence for the things of the Lord. No longer is he steering the ship. You've, you basically have taken over the captain's seat. He tells you now in this verse, verse 23, Proverbs 22, but the simple pass on and are punished. God said, I've tried to get your attention. I've given you many exits. But you pass them up because you know what happens when momentum starts with sin and you get simple thinking, you welcome it, you embrace it, and then you embark on it. And uh, you're in trouble because sin is a seed and you reap what you... So the Bible shows you the exits. Amen. It'll say, hey, don't, don't go no farther. Get off. You'll see the fall before you fall. You'll see the disguise before it's too late. You ever study the devil, how he works? Listen, he can, 
He dazzled. He didn't scare Eve at all. She welcomed his visit, and she liked spending time with him. The devil blew her mind. You don't think he can blow your mind? You get in the wrong circle with the wrong people at the wrong time, and you can go down. So I'm just trying to remind you, stay in check. Ask yourself, what direction am I going? Am I feeble-minded? Because the prudent will hear and welcome the word of God. He just will. He just realized, man, I'm, I'm, it don't take long for me to have a bad thought. It don't take long for me to camp and build a fire there at that thought. It don't take long for me to be seduced. I mean, I'm just, a, my, my first daddy's evil, amen? And his desires aren't right. I've got to spend time with my spiritual daddy. That's why I need the house of God, the word of God. I need a good preacher to preach to me. Remind me, hey, throw me under the bus. Let me know sin hurts. You don't embrace it, you run from it. But I can't run from something that I don't see. And I need the help of God to stay sensitive to these areas where I am prone to fall. Amen? So he says... A prudent man will not only hear, but he'll obey it. See, here's the thing. God says, let's cover your shame before everybody else sees it. Think about it. Let me with righteousness cover. I know what the first Adam did, but I've come to cover your shame. So don't, don't, take, don't take that off let me continue to guard you and cover you in the righteousness, amen, of Jesus Christ. Then he says, walk in righteousness. The safest place you and I can be is make sure that we walk in righteousness. He put righteousness on me. Let me be obedient to it. Not run away from it, but welcome who I am in Christ. I'm not to fit in. I'm different. I've had to accept that. God's designed us to be different. We're strangers. We're just pilgrims. And, and you got to learn this. If, you're, if you feel at home in this world, then you're too much in love with this world. We are just passing through. The, the, your favorite place ought to be with God's people doing right. Not in a bar or not somewhere where filth is. You ought to have a desire to be around God's people hearing God's word, God's music, anything that would lift or edify you, you ought to know in your spirit, hey, I'm in the right place. Amen? How many ever went somewhere and the Holy Spirit says, get out of there? You know what he's trying to tell you? You're in the wrong place, get out. So he tells you and I in Proverbs 1.5, a wise man will hear and will increase learning. A man of understanding shall attain in the wise counsel. The idea is it makes you wiser, makes you more skillful. If you get to the place where you're swinging the bat good and you're hitting it on the barrel, you can't wait to get up to the plate. It's like, man, can I, can I just jump a spot and get up there? Confidence. Ready to swing the bat. That's the idea of what a prudent man will do. He can't wait to hear the word of God. He can't wait to get his knife sharpened. He wants to be skillful. He wants to make his life count for the things of God. He tells you and I in Proverbs 9, 9, give instruction to a wise man, he will be yet wiser. See, what happens when you get wise in the word of God, you realize how precious it is, and then you keep guard of it. 
See, the devil's out to kill, steal, and destroy. So, uh, Brian, in any way that he can get in your life and steal the word, take your testimony, you can do one wrong, it'll take you 10 years to rebuild that one wrong. That's why you got to guard it. Well, I just messed up one time. I know it, but it's going to take years to rebuild. So a wise man gets wiser. You get wiser with time. It takes the word of God and the spirit of God to remind you that the clock's ticking. And you won't get a second back. You don't get a day back. If we're going to do it, do it now. There ought to be redeemed the time. There ought to be an urgency. Lot thought he had all the time in the world. Abraham had to go to his door and the Bible says the angels had to pull his family out. You know why? They didn't want to leave Sodom. They lost the urgency. The message was this, judgment's coming. They said, we, we don't see no judgment. We're ha- we got appointments tonight. See, you got to be careful when your appointments override God's appointment. Amen? I mean, there's folks that don't even think about coming to church or getting in the Bible. They, it's their own agenda. Don't have time for what he wants down the road somewhere. Well, don't be like that because you won't be among the prudent You'll fall and be among the simple. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. Proverbs 9, 9, give instruction to a wise man and he will yet get wiser. Teach a just man, he will increase in learning. Where do we get better? Well, we ought to have a, a, a sense about us to win the loss. I never had a burden for the loss until I realized that Christ purchased the field and he's looking for laborers. And I have the privilege to work in that field that he purchased. And you think, well, it's a waste of time. Well, you're foolish. Because the Bible says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. God help you and I to get a burden for those that we work with. Our neighbors, you say, well, they don't want to hear. God didn't ask you that. He said, be wise. Be a soul winner. God said, I'll be there. Learn some scripture. Bear up like an eagle and learn to fly. You Listen, you'll never see God do anything great unless you get yourself out there where he has to do it. It's just the way it is. So he tells you and I uh, in Proverbs eleven thirty, Proverbs 14, 16, a wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rages and is confident. You think about Samson. He thought, man, I got it made. I got a, I got a, I hate to use the word, but you know, I got a playmate over here. That I can go see in Gaza, and we have fun. Oh, it's a good time. Then I come back over here and piggyback off God a little bit, look good. They think I'm spiritual, and she knows that I'm a lover boy, and boy, it's good. Boy, he was confident. And God just jerked the sheet right off of him. I said, now, who are you now? And he dies with the enemy. I'm just telling you, it's in us to think that we can get by with it. But I'm going to slap you across the face and tell you, You've launched an error and it's going to come back and shoot you and knock you down. Don't play with it. Don't even be around it. A wise man will fear he'll turn from sin. So I got three quick questions. Are you going to go aside? Because the Bible says in Deuteronomy 28, 14, and thou shalt not go aside. That word means to turn off or to depart from any of my words. He says in Deuteronomy, he's talking to Israel. 
which I commanded thee this day to the right hand to the left, go after other gods to serve them. He's telling them, don't do it. Don't go aside. Don't listen to their lies. Don't depart from the word of God. Don't turn off. Stay on the high road, the road that leads towards home, amen, the road that will protect you and exalt you, the, the road that will bring fruit into your life. Stay on that road. Don't veer off into the world because you're going to get nailed out there. So he's telling you and I, he's asking a question, are you going to stay with my words? Are you going to step aside and depart from the house of God, the word of God? And are you going to follow the world? And you might say, but I would never do that. Look around. You'd be surprised what the devil can use to pull you out and pull you aside. Next thing you know, you're doing something that you never dreamed you'd do. So the first question is, are you going to go aside? Are you going to stay with God? Are you going to stay with the book? Are you going to stay faithful in the house of God? Or could it be he's working on getting you to slowly turn God off and depart from the faith? The Bible says in the last days, many will what? Many will depart. Many will just... Slowly go out. He's after you. He's after me. I'm just telling you, he won't quit. Second question is this. Are you going to go down to Egypt? Remember what Israel did? Isaiah 31 talks about it. Woe to them that go down to Egypt. Egypt is the world. For help. And it's all through the Bible. Uh, You think the book of Ruth. Who was the mom and dad there? Naomi and... You know what they did? They just said, hey, listen, man, God's forgotten about us. We got to go help ourselves. Horrible decision. They probably thought, we'll just go down there for a year and we'll get back quick. No, they stayed 10 years. Put their sons in a bad place. They married heathen women. And now the whole thing's fell apart. That's how the devil works. Come on, go to Egypt. There's a bunch of abundance there. But God says you're in the right place. You're in a house of bread. I'll take care. I know there's a problem, but I'll take care of my children. They didn't believe that. They thought they could do a better job. You say, well, that will never happen to me. It's happened all through this book. And you will be tested. I'm just telling you, don't don't, uh, flunk the test. Now, you know the story of that. Thank God for Boaz and the whole nine yards, but what a sad picture of a mama and a daddy that leaned to their own understanding, left the house of God and went into Egypt thinking that we can make it here and it only fell in on them. So God disciplined, took the dad out, took the two boys out, and now you got three women in distress. And the only hope they had is somebody come in and pay their debt off and get them out of this horrible place and thank God for Boaz and for a heathen woman who placed her faith in Christ and we know her by Ruth and God took one lady with her faith and her obedience and changed the whole story around took the bitterness out of Ruth or Naomi got all their debt paid off they went back home Next thing you know, they had a child. He's in the lineage of Christ. God said, hey, we all make mistakes. Just get it right. Repent, and I can make a miracle happen. 
That's just what he did. I'm just trying to warn you and I, don't you ever think this can't happen to you or me. You quit worrying about everybody else. You just make sure you got your course charted. Amen. Lastly, he says, um, are you going to go back? Now, in this story, there's a guy by the name of uh, Jephna. And uh, I don't have time to go through the whole story, but it's in Judges chapter 30. He was rejected by his family. But the Bible says that he was a man of faith. He's a man that kept his vow. He is a man that brought victory for Israel over the Ammonites. He was classified as an underdog, but God graced him and made him a hero. But in the midst of that, he made a vow, a covenant to God. And he said, God, whatever comes out of the tent of my home when I walk up, it's yours. Well, he wasn't able to have any boys, but he had a daughter. And as soon as he pulled up, she ran out. And he knew right then I've made a vow. I don't like what just happened, but I can't turn back on my vow. Now listen to me. Here's what I've learned from this. There will be times, even in doing right, it'll be hard. It might be a faith promise vow. You just remember this. God takes notice when you forget his vow and it's serious business. When you've made a vow to God in your heart, this is what I'm going to do. You better keep that vow. You read it, Ecclesiastes chapter 5. It's there. And there's other places. You say, what's the big deal? big deal is you made a vow to God. And God don't take it lightly. So in this, the Bible says in Judges 11.35, towards the end of that verse, it says, For I have opened my mouth unto the Lord, and I cannot go back. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what's going on in your life. I'm just here to remind you, don't go back to Egypt because they can't help you. Don't turn aside. Don't depart. Stay with the word of God. Amen? If God's got you in a tight spot, just barrel down, man. Just get your heels in there spiritually and say, God, I'll be here until it's over because he'll never leave you nor will he. Amen? I wish it's always easy, but if it's not, this man had to carry a burden but you read the whole story, God brought him through and there was great victory. Bottom line is there's times when you're going to be the only one to stand. And this man right here stood. He was the only hope for Israel. And he stood and laid it all on the line. His daughter mourned. She realized at that time she'd never have a family. She'd never marry. She asked her daddy, can I go to a certain place and mourn and cry for Two months, and that was a custom. He said, yes, darling, you go. She went for two months and cried and poured her heart out to God, but she knew that her daddy made a vow. And it is what it is, and she ain't fighting it. She ain't going to complain about it. She's going to settle in and carry out her daddy's vow to the Lord. I'm just here to say I don't understand a lot of things. I just don't. devil loves for me to start second-guessing the Lord. It ain't worth it. If he says it, Lay it on the line. Stand on it with everything you got. Amen. Because God can change things in a heartbeat. You read that story and you'll see how God honored his vow because this man honored the vow he made to God. If you'll stand on the book and honor him, I promise you, based upon the word of God, he'll honor you. And others might not understand it. Others might not see it. But God said, I saw it. 
and I'm good for my word. Say that with me. He's good for his word. Say it again. Come on. He's good for his word. You might be in a tight spot. You might be in an area where you don't know. I'm telling you, don't you ever second guess God. He makes no mistakes. We have the privilege to get a hold of God in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, when others, when you can't get a hold of God, that's when the church comes together. In James 4, and they, they would pray together and seek God. There's power in numbers. There's time when you're weak and wobbly. There's others that hold you up. God don't want you to be a long ranger. God made us to worship together, to learn together, to hold one another up in times of difficulties. So tonight, the invitation is real simple. Devil's got you second guessing. You ought to run up here and say, God, forgive me for even letting that thought cross my mind. If you're wobbly, that's fine. Just get up and say, God, I'm going to steady some things up based upon your word. Amen. If you're not saved, I've done a belly slide up here and say, Lord, save my soul for it's too late. God forbid that I would live another day without you. God's done something in your heart that I haven't mentioned, but the Holy Spirit's nailed it to, your, to the wall of your heart. Just say, God, I see it. And I need to do business tonight. Amen. Whatever it is, don't leave here in disobedience. Just say, God, I got the message. I got it. Father, help us tonight. As we do this invitation, the pastor comes. God, take your word and just do what we can't do. God, that's all we ask. May folks be obedient to whatever they need to do. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.